Now, what are we talking about this month? The power of Yeah, the power of decision. The power that we have to decide. And to use that power to decide our destiny. I'm using this book by Raymond Charles Barker, The Power of Decision. We've got some copies of it. The cover may look a little different. <laughs> um, the, the copies in our bookstore downstairs. And after, after our service, we do have a fellowship hall for those who, just a little orientation, like I was a, you know, a flight attendant. Um, <laughs> after the service, we um, do get together and connect with one another in our fellowship hall, if you would like to join us down there. We have some, um, a, a little bookstore as well. And we have copies of The Power of Decision available as well. This is one of my favorite books. And it became one of my favorite books after hearing a, uh, a colleague of mine, I was eavesdropping on a conversation. <laughs> and uh, no one here does that, but I do. And um, I was eavesdropping when my, um, when my colleague was asked, what is, what's your favorite book? What book changed you the most? And I had to lean in to hear that answer. And it was a power decision. Never heard of it before then. And it changed my life. And every time I've ever taught this, people have been transformed by the ideas that Raymond Charles Barker shares in this book. So we are exploring it, diving in throughout the month of August. And we're using and exercising this power to decide, the power to choose, the power to determine, the power to set a new direction for ourselves. Because for we have, over the past, you know, probably, you know, 18 months, two years, there's been a lot of waiting, hasn't there? Wait and see. Let's wait. Let's wait. And I think our, our power, the power that we have to actually set a course and direction for ourselves has become, and I can only speak for myself, has become maybe a little, there's been a little atrophy. Waiting to see what the conditions, waiting to see what the numbers are, waiting to see. And I'm not denying circumstances. We don't do that here. We do not deny circumstances or conditions. But what we do deny is the power that conditions have to dictate what is going on inside of us. And today, we're talking about deciding to be happy. Have you made a decision to be happy? Good for you. Good for you. But many people, probably most, think that happiness is the end result of manipulating conditions and circumstances to try to make it all fit so that I can be happy. I will be happy when, and each one of us, mind in our hearts, have our own fill in the blank there. I will be happy when. But that's not how principle works. That's not how spiritual law works. Raymond Charles Barker writes in his book, he says, too few people are living the life they really want to live. Life can be lived 
fully and richly. It all depends upon the decisions the person makes. Right decisions await the dis your discovery of them. They are already in your mind. You see, up till, you know, I mean, this waiting that many of us have become so familiar with or have practiced or have been told to, you know, you're going to lock down, you're going to stay in place and wait until you're told. <laughs> We've forgotten how to decide. And we're waiting for the conditions to change so that, oh, we have a green light. But it's my intention that as we explore this book, that we realize the power that we do have. That the power that we do have. Are we living the lives that we really want? And if not, why not? Because we haven't decided for it. I'm going to unpack that a little more. But today in particular, what we're talking about is happiness. Decision. Barker says that decision is the most important function of the individual mind. And why is this? He explains. He says, no creative process can begin until a decision is made. Nothing happens until a decision is made. You see, this is how waiting is really doesn't support us being happy because we're passively, <laughs> nothing's been set in motion except maybe by those around us, right? You know, unless we have clear intentions for ourselves, guess what? There are those around us who have clear intentions for you. There are people, how many of you have people in your life who, who they know what it is that you should be doing? <laughs> And are those people free? Do they feel free to tell you that too? <laughs> oh, not in my house. Not in my house. But see, nothing just happens. Nothing just happens willy-nilly. That's not the way it works. We think life is, we're waiting for things to happen. We're waiting for things to work out. But that is not physics tells us the law of thermodynamics. There's cause and effect for every action. There's an equal and opposite reaction. But it first begins with the action. And as spiritual beings having a physical experience, our primary action and activity is one in consciousness. It is a mental action. Everything actually begins first as a thought as an idea. You know, we start sitting in these pews. They didn't just happen. You know, somebody said, oh, you know, yay, let's build a church. They built this building 50 years ago. 50 years ago. And they said, oh, yes, hey, let's have some pews. And let's just wait. And let's just wait for them to show up. But isn't this how many people live their lives? Without making a decision, I will, I must, I shall, and then let life line up to that, instead are passively waiting. 
You know, there's that bumper sticker that says that uh, stuff happens. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. There is for every effect, every condition, every circumstance in our life, there was a cause. And I'm going to give you three guesses where that cause originated in. Within us. It could have been an expectation. It could have been an assumption. It could have been, you know, even past conditioning and domestication. Our past traumas and hurts have maybe conditioned us in such a way to expect life to show up this way or that way. But guess what? Even that is a cause. In each moment, we get to choose. And while we may be driven by our traumas or limited by them, even in that moment when we're making a choice, the past hurts may keep us from making the decision that we really want, but we're still in the power in that moment to choose. A decision gets made, it's a cause setting into motion effects that happen in our life. Barker explains in his book this creative process that requires decision. He says this, he says, there's only one success process. Know what you want, decide it shall happen, and then act upon that decision. Your conscious mind makes the decision and your subconscious mind acts upon the decision. It's three simple steps. Know what you want, What's the second step? Make a decision. Decide that it shall happen and then act on that decision. Decide, the root of decide means to cut off. You know, there's a lot of words that we have eyed in them. Suicide, um, what are some other words? Patricide, you know, there are words Pesticide. that, what is this? Pesticide. Pesticide, it means to cut off, to eliminate any other options. What was this? Homicide. Homicide. Homicide, yes. That's cutting off. Any other options? But decide means to remove any other options other than the one that we've determined. See, many people know what they want. I want this, that, or the other. I want to be happy. I want to be free. I want to be joyful. I want, I want, I want more love. I want more health. I want more vitality and strength and stamina. I want more money. But what's the second step in the process, Barker says? Decide. Decide that you'll have it. Now this can bring up fear. It can bring up, ooh, how am I going to make it happen? None of your business. <laughs> how is the domain of the universe? We first start with the decision, and then we act from that decision as we're inspired. You see, the effects in our lives can always be traced back to a cause. It's decision that sets things in motion. I mean, literally. I mean, <laughs> I'll give you an example of this. I could be, you know, on my day off, chilling at home, and watching TV. And do you know, I could be sitting there all day, wishing, hoping, and praying 
that the channel will turn and change because I want to, I know what I want. I want to watch something else other than what I'm looking at. But until I decide to change the channel that I'm going to watch something else and take action by getting up off my butt, right? And going and grabbing the remote and changing it, it doesn't happen. You can put a pot of, of water and rice on the stove and you could want it. You could want cooked rice. But until you've decided that I'm going to eat rice and take the action to actually turn the burner on, you're just going to have some soggy you know, grains. Not all decisions are easy to make, though. I mean, I think I know, I know that all of us, if we look, there may be decisions that maybe we have <sighs> wished that we hadn't made, or maybe even decisions that we regret not having made. We might be sitting right now in a place of like, shall I or, you know, or shall, uh, do I or I don't I? There you go, I'll go that route. And here's what happens when decisions become difficult to make, is we need to check and take a look at how attached we are to the outcome. Because this is what keeps us stuck from even taking that step forward, is am I gonna make the right decision? How's it gonna turn out? What are they gonna think? A little later, don't worry, Denise, but a little later I talk about as far as are there decisions that we put off making because of the opinions of others? We're afraid we're going to upset others. What are they going to think about us? You know, if it's one thing that I've learned during the lockdown, during um, COVID, during this pandemic, life is too short. Life is too short to give to give others that much power over us, right? Yeah, I am. <laughs> what is essential to me? What is non-negotiable? It's time for us to, to know what we want and to decide for it. And today we're talking about happiness. Happiness. All of the things that we do, we do them because we want to feel good in it. We want to be happy. But have we made the decision first to be happy? It seems so simple. But it's the place to begin. There's an affirmation that we're working with this month. And Barker offers in his book, I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently. Say that with me. I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently. I don't believe you. I, say it with me one more time here. I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently. Now what comes up for you when you say that? You're inspired, you're joyful, you feel it. Energized. Energized, oh, I love that word, John. Energized, powerful. 
Now let me ask you this. Now those who aren't speaking, <laughs> are, is there any resistance? Maybe go, how can that be so? I mean, okay, I can get the, I'm, I'm pure intelligence, but always acting intelligently? <laughs> All right, now I see some nods. Always acting intelligently? Yes, <laughs> you are. Yeah, I mean, so I get it. Some of us, a big question mark can actually come. The first time I read that, and, and even there are times when I'm saying, a question mark comes up over my head. Hmm, I can find evidence in my life that where I, it appeared that I wasn't acting so intelligently. Now that was dumb. Any, am I the only one? No. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You see, <laughs> we're not alone here. We're not alone here. Raymond Charles Barker says, to say you do not know what to do or you do not know what you want is to negate the infinite intelligence which is individualized in you. What you're really saying is that you are too lazy to determine your own experience or you think another person is better equipped to determine your good. You see, the truth is, we're always acting intelligently, even though we may not like the results. But guess what? In that moment, when we observe and notice the results aren't we want, we get to make a new decision. That's the way it like. It's a course correction. It doesn't mean that we're dumb. It doesn't mean that we're stupid or unintelligent. We're always intelligent. And we are the channel when we're facing something unwanted unwanted, maybe even by our own hands, maybe even by a decision that we made previously, but we are the channel by which intelligence is now bringing up within us new ideas to solve this problem, so-called problem. You see, who we say that we are and what we know we can do and what we have, this is the sum total, this is the results of the consciousness that currently exists as us. Would you agree with this? Yes. yes. Right? Who you say you are, what you, what you know you can do, and what you have is the result. It is the perfect outpicturing of your consciousness where it is right now. And we're working with this affirmation to expand who we are, to expand the concept of who we are, because if we're going around life saying it's hard and it's difficult and I don't know and what do you think, and then what we're identifying as is smaller than the truth. And so in order for us to catch a larger idea, to have a larger experience, then we need to expand who we believe that we are what we say we can do, and what we believe is ours. We can never rise above our self-image. And if we find ourselves in a place in our life right now that we are unhappy, then make a decision to be happy. And that will require us becoming someone larger than where we are right now. That's what's being asked of us, is to increase our self-image. Do you know that's what I talk about every Sunday? 
every Sunday in some way, shape, or form, I am talking about the way that we use our consciousness and to get a larger consciousness. We think we need a new lover in our bed. We think we need a, a more money. We think we need this, that, or the other in order to be happy when the fact is happiness is an inside job and is the result of who we are deciding to be. And so expanding how we're identifying ourselves is the start. That's what that affirmation is there for. I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently. Wouldn't you love to say that about yourself? Yes. Well, then say it. I am pure intelligence, always acting intelligently. And when you find evidence of it, well, of something other than that, oh, wonderful. It is evidence that intelligence is acting and it is lighting up for you a new possibility. Don't shrink back, but lean into it. Who you're saying you are. You see, our minds, in the beginning, in the beginning, <laughs> in the infinite past, the infinite past, spirit, source, divine intelligence, whatever name you call it, it doesn't care what you call it. It's bigger than it. I mean, it. And I refer to the divine as it because in English, <laughs> as we are learning, that gender and genders in English, <laughs> the way that we use and talk about genders in English is limited. And so I use a gender non-specific pronoun, it. Because to say it's male or female, it's larger than that. The Tao that can be named, is not the Tao. So even the source and intelligence that I'm naming, it's larger than that. It's larger than that. And in the infinite past, it was all that existed, and in its intention and desire, it knowing itself larger, it is evolving, it knew itself as you. I am, I am, I am Alan. And it knowing, see, we are ideas in the mind of God. And God knowing us as a perfect idea expanded and it became that idea. And so you and I are individualizations of this one infinite mind, this infinite intelligence. And so our minds are centers of divine activity. If we see ourselves that way, if we open ourselves to receive that and to know that we are being inspired and said, oh, it's not working, it's hard, it's difficult, I'm so dumb. You are a child of an infinite God. You are made of God's stuff. Possessing the same qualities and nature of this one. So an intelligence presence. Knowing all. Knowing how to do all. Operating as us in the world. We need to learn to trust this intelligence within us. And to decide on it. You see, we give away our power too easily looking to others for their opinions and, and their, you know, what do you think? Wendy, what do you think? 
that I know you as pure intelligence, so I trust, I trust. We need to learn to, to trust what is within us. And it is that one mind. I am pure intelligence. And it is guiding me and directing me into good and greater good for myself and for all. You see, as we do that, we, we, what we're doing is we are sort of loosing, we are setting free this power to act in that way. When we limit who we say we are, we are limiting the divine. You know, even God can't move a parked car. Have you ever tried driving a parked car? It doesn't go very far. It's really hard to turn. When we limit who we say that we are, we are limiting the divine. So the fundamental decision that we are called to make, even in all of our, our chasing and wanting to, to have and to, to change our life and to change the conditions, we need to start with, I want to be happy. And I am deciding I shall be happy. And life will line up to that. Barker explains in his book, he says that happiness is an inside job. Do you know what that means? It's an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. You know, I mean, it's all relative. It is relative, our happiness. What makes me happy is not necessarily going to make you happy. You know, I was telling Kevin this the other day. If, you know, just because I like cheesecake, if I'm going to go fishing, I'm not going to catch many fish by putting cheesecake on the end of the hook. Cheesecake doesn't make fish happy. You know, there's a saying, which is a little, it's an old saying, but it's first world problems. How many of you are familiar with this? It's, a, it's condescending, um, but I think it illustrates the point. That, you know, I can go to a restaurant and have, you know, uh, it was okay. You know, the meme, uh, it was okay. I have the privilege of that. I have the privilege of that when those who might be facing food insecurities or living in places who don't have access to the same food that I have, that person would go, oh my God, this is a banquet, possibly. So happiness, our experience of life is what's going on inside of us. And so when we make the decision to be happy, then what we're tuned into is that creative process that's unfolding within us and through us. And leaning to others' understandings and opinions, it can be helpful. It can be information. But take back your power to decide. Take it back. You know, our path in science of mind, science of mind is the, the philosophy that we teach here. It's a basis for our common conversation. We don't teach doctrine and dogma. We explore principles and ideas and prove it for yourself. 
But ours is a path of practical mysticism. Jesus said, the Father and I are one. The Father, what is that? That was the consciousness, the life force, the I am presence that was within that person of Jesus. The Father and I are one. Then we can say that as well. We are made of that same stuff. And as we identify with that, as we identify larger, our capacity becomes larger as well. Barker said this, he said that once you decide that you will be happy, there's something else you need to do with that. You need to say that you are happy now. That you are now happy. Decide for it and say that you are. Ernest Holmes says, there's only one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, and that life is my life when? Now. 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 We only can experience the nowness of it when we say that it is here now. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're waiting. I got money in the bank. Until I write the check, until I put it into practice, I am happy now. And how I can say this, even in the face of circumstances, because that may be that I see some questions, how can I say I'm happy now if I'm not happy? There is somewhere in your life that is free of problems. Because <laughs> who's the one that's saying that there are problems? It might be your mother. <laughs> it may be your friends. But at the end of the day, we get to decide. What does Shakespeare say? There is no good or bad, but only thinking makes it so. We can, even in this amount of space within us, we can say that we're happy now and begin to live from there. I asked the question earlier, so are there any decisions I would be making right now except for other people's opinions? If that's the case, I think you've heard, learned enough this morning that you have the power to choose again. You have the ability to take back the power that you gave to someone else. I want to leave you with one more thing before I leave, and this is... I was talking to someone this week and they had said, you know, my life is good. I am happy. I'm happy. And deciding my destiny, well, what do I need to change? I don't need to change anything. I got everything I need. I'm not looking to start a new business. I'm not looking for love. I'm, there's, everything's good. Everything is good. This would be my advice to you in that. <laughs> is pray to God for a new desire. You know what, how wonderful that your life is so good that you don't need to change. Oh, how wonderful. And may we all be in that space. And we're not alone in this world. Our vision is a world that works for everyone. And if I say, my life's good, 
I don't need to change anything in my life. I would invite you to consider the fact that there are those around us who may not be having it so good. This doesn't mean to feel guilty or to feel, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't, or, you know, oh, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't, you oh. You can't get sick enough in order for others to be well. You can't get poor enough for others to have um, financial resources. But if life is so good for you, then you know what? Then it's time to expand. Because if you were to lay your head down tonight, are you done? If tonight, for, lay it down for the last time, you're laying down, you're going to go to sleep for the last time, are you ready to make a transition? Or are there still things that you need to work out? That you want to work out. Share from your overflow. Give to those who don't have. And in the giving we receive more. And I will guarantee you that you will find a new desire. You will find something else to decide about. You will be caught, you will catch on fire with something else. Your work is not finished here. So if you're feeling a little, oh, this is good, okay, I'm okay. Yesterday we had a wonderful meeting, the Practitioners and Leadership Council, and we were having some conversations about our community as us coming together and, and sort of asking, who are we? <laughs> who are we? And don't worry, everyone's going to be invited to be part of that conversation. We're just sort of doing the heavy lifting and, and putting together a, a, the, a, a space so that we can have everyone be part of this conversation. But I asked myself the question as a spiritual community, if we weren't here, does it, would it make a difference to anyone? If our doors closed and we said we're not here anymore, would it make a difference? This is, this is the danger in being overly satisfied, is that we forget how much we do have to give and how we're not alone on this journey. And so those who are still struggling to decide to be happy, those who, who may not know how, be an example for them. You have, we have a unique mission that as long as we're breathing, we're not done yet. But what does it start with? If you say, I've been saying the word enough times, you know. It starts with a decision. A decision to be happy. And that will create a cascade for us to expand and explore. To be more. And in so doing, do more. And have more. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. Yeah.